And so the word I want to bring up this month, I believe the Spirit of God wants us to look at this much, is the word willing. Say that out loud with me. Willing. And we'll find there are a lot of applications throughout the month to that word. But today, I want us to apply it to these verses of Scripture. And I just want to warn you right up front that we all sort of have a preconceived uh, definition, likely, of what that word willing means. Many of us right away think of being strong-willed in something. And, and it actually has to do with exercising strong self-effort. And you're going to find it's just the opposite of that. And that shouldn't surprise any of us. Because the principle that Jesus is teaching here, lose and win, is like so many other principles he taught concerning the kingdom of God throughout the scripture. He, he teaches us if we want to receive, what we need to do is give away. Give, and it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give into your bosom. He teaches us the way up is first down. He teaches us that if we humble ourselves, then God himself will exalt us. We don't need to be exalting or promoting ourselves, putting ourselves in the spotlight, making sure it's focused on us. If we'll just humble ourselves, God will in due season promote us and grant us the favor that we need. Jesus would teach us to pray, not just for people who are good to us, but to pray actually for people who are really uh, angry with us and who actually hate us. He would say, pray for those who are your enemies and those who despise you he would teach that when someone strikes us on one cheek that we ought to willingly just turn the other cheek and give that to them uh, to strike that's the, the kind of thing he taught he taught seek first the kingdom of God and the worldwide expansion of the kingdom seek that first instead of things that would be most important to us and we would end up receiving both both the kingdom of God and those other things that God intended to be important to us. So this is a, a, a principle that goes against human nature. But it's the way of the Christian. It's the way of the disciple of Jesus Christ. And again he said if you will lose your life you will gain it. But if you keep your life you will lose eternal life. In other words if you're willing to lay down your life. Say it willing. willing. He said if you're willing to lay down your life you will receive life. If you'll lay down your life, you will receive the life that God intended for you, which is eternal life. I found this same principle. It's, it's, it's been taught since the fall of man. And again, we have it recorded in several places uh, in our Bible. But I, I wanted to deal with one this morning in addition to the ones we just read from Isaiah and chapter 1, verses 18, 19, and 20. Again, I have these from the Amplified Bible on the screen for you today to follow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, by, by the way, it's impossible having once dyed wool to any other color to get it back to white. And, and that's just a little extra in this verse here because it's impossible for you and I, once having been stained by sin, to clean our own lives up and to make them right and to make them perfect and to make them white, so to speak. And that's the force behind some of what God is saying here. Verse 19, he says, If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 
which really just speaks of God's provision, not just naturally, but in any, any way. But if you refuse and rebel, which is the opposite of being willing and obedient. In fact, we learn a little bit more about what it means to be willing and obedient by looking at what it means to refuse and rebel. But he says, if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has, has spoken of it. I want you to say again the word willing. So really, as I went into this, once I was made aware of our focus for the month and just began to study as I normally do, just with word studies, I was honestly taken back by the meaning of the word willing and in addition, the meaning of the word obedient, which we'll deal with, we'll deal with them together, separately and together. But honest, I have to be honest with you, in all the years that I've studied the Bible, I have never seen what I'm going to share with you today. Now, that doesn't mean it's never been shared. It doesn't even mean that you don't already know it. But I've never seen it uh, the way I'm going to share it with you this morning. In fact, I have never, in all my Christian life, heard it taught the way by somebody else. And again, it could have been. I just never heard it taught by anybody else the way I'm going to show it to you today. And it all really just comes from the Hebrew meaning of the word willing. And for, for many of you, you've heard me say this or you already knew it. The Hebrew language is a picture kind of a language. And it's intended to do that. When we, when we study Hebrew or the original Hebrew of a word, really a picture is sort of communicated. I'm kind of more of a visual guy anyway, so it really kind of helps me to see some of this stuff. So I went and I began to just research a number of the scriptures, both in the Hebrew and the Greek language, uh, Greek of the New Testament. And I came away with the original word translated willing here in Isaiah chapter 1, translated by the English word willing. And, and get ready for this. You need to write this down. You really need to make note of it some way. This is something you really want to think on throughout the month. Because the original meaning of this word translated willing is to breathe after. It means to breathe after. I just thought on that, and I thought on that, and I thought on that. I meditated on it in my office during the day. I went to bed at night thinking about what this means and, and, and what, is, what this is really communicating here. And I came away with a few things I want to share with you. It's a beautiful word to breathe after. It's a word that indicates uh, intimacy. Because to breathe after someone, you've got to notice that they, they, they are breathing and that they've just uh, breathed something. They've just exhaled and you're breathing after that. So there's a closeness that's implied in this word willing. Number two, it's a word that in, in indicates pursuit. I love a verse, you might remember it from Psalm 42.1. The psalmist here is praising God and he says, As the heart, H-A-R-T, not H-E-A-R-T, as the heart are deer, pant, pants after the water, so my soul longs after you. As the deer thirsts after the water, so my soul, God, is thirsting after you. This word willing has that meaning built into it. It's a word that indicates uh, pursuit. It's also a word that indicates an order in, in the sense that one is following after another or something is following after something else. I breathe, you breathe, you've breathed after me. 
So there's an order, a particular order that is communicated by this word willing. So to be willing means, again, to come after uh, something. It also is a word that indicates agreement, assent, or um, con- being consenting to something. It indicates agreement. And then finally, it's a word that indicates resolve. Resolve. Deep, heartfelt commitment to someone or to something. Can I give you those again if you're writing them down? Intimacy. Pursuit. Order. Humility. Agreement. And resolve. Ultimately, it defines, uh, it's defined as being favorably disposed and again committed to favorably disposed and committed to so in other words you can't be willing and not want to be willing you have to be willing and you have to want to be willing and when you want to be willing and you become willing all of these things are behind that all these things are being released in the situation now this answers a ton of questions for me as to why so many people don't receive eternal life even those who tend to pray the prayer of salvation. It also answers a ton of questions for me when it comes to believers who really should be eating the good of the land by now, and they're not. And much of it, not all of it, I wouldn't oversimplify it like that, but much of it has to do with the fact that we've never become willing. Not in this sense, which is the biblical sense of the word. We pretty much said, okay, God, I'll do it. That's not being willing and obedient in the sense of what we see here in the scripture. Being willing in the first place is a real change of heart that takes place. Okay, Again, because we just refer back to what Jesus did with Peter. That's really our first response is we're not going to do it God's way. We're going to do it another way. We're going to do it our way. And, and God has to move us from that place. And we have to move with him to that place in order for the things of God to be again released into our life. Let me add on to this by looking at the word today, obedient with you. Again, he said, if you be willing and obedient. Now say that out loud with me, willing and obedient. Because they're both used there. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. All right. But remember, he's also just talked about going from death to life and going from a place of being colored by sin to being white with God's cleansing. All right. Then he says, good of the land. You'll eat the good of the land. All of it is dependent on us being willing and obedient. So it behooves us to figure out what it means. All right. The word obedient might surprise you too. Okay. Especially if you were raised in a very strict household in a strict way. You know, obedience was a huge thing. And if you weren't obedient, you always got some consequence came your way. And there is a consequence to obedience, but you might be disobedience and and for obedience is a good consequence for obedience, but you might not know what it really means from the original language. The word obedient from the original language means actually to hear with the intent to do what is heard. To hear with the intent to do what is heard. Now, again, the picture that the Hebrew language paints for us here is just an incredible one. And I've just asked God to help me communicate it to you. I don't want to fail God and I don't want to fail you in this today because this is amazing to me. In fact, the order of this is a little odd to me. 
But, but when I, as I meditate on it, it makes more and more sense to me. Because I would think, just, just thinking, processing this, that the first thing I would do was, was put myself, would be to put myself in a place of hearing what God would have to say. And then from that place, perhaps I would become willing. And then from that place, I would do whatever it is I needed to do in way of following Jesus. Now that, I don't know about you, that, that's reasonable to me. I would hear first, then I would become willing, and then I would become obedient. But the picture that the Hebrew language paints for us is, has a different order to it altogether. And that's I become willing first. And then it doesn't matter what I'm told to do. Did you, did you get that? God help us to get that right now. I believe the divine order is this. That I become willing. Surrendered. I'm in pursuit of. You know, you can't always... You can't, you can't keep pursuit a secret for very long. It shows up in the life. You know, when you become passionate about somebody or something. I watched Annie the other day. She was at Flying Star and, and we came in for lunch. I don't think we got to, to even say hello. But I watched her. She was at her computer. I'm sure she was studying hard for school. Correct. But I would watch her. If you know Annie at all, she's really expressive. And I would look over at her at one point and she would have her bottom lip out and she would be disagreeing with something. I would look at her again and she'd be almost laughing out loud. You know, I don't know if she was, but she was just expressive. She was really listening to something or into something. My point is that you can't really hide that. You know, when I was in pursuit of Cindy, it's not something I could keep secret. And the same is true about our pursuit of God. It's not something we can keep secret. But once we begin to surrender to God, we become of a willing heart. We start breathing after, which, by the way, is just a beautiful picture of being spirit-led. The spirit leads, I breathe after. The spirit, I, I go after that. You follow? So we become willing, and then it doesn't matter. Suddenly, my obedience is unconditional. If I'm waiting to hear before I decide to be willing and obedient, then all of it's conditional. It's all conditional. But, but God, what about? And Jesus faced that sort of heart again and again, especially when it came to following him. Well, let me go bury my, my, my father. He's dying. Let me go bury, or let me go sell some things before I catch up. I'll catch up, Jesus. And Jesus said that kind of spirit was not worthy of the kingdom. Why? Because the spirit of the kingdom is so unselfish, so totally God first and not me first. Trusting God first. Instead of trusting me first. So, do you, so are you getting this? Am I helping? Are, are we connecting at all on this? Again, it's so beautiful what, what we're seeing here. And now I get it. Because if we're willing in this sense where I'm surrendered, God, you could tell me to jump off a cliff. Now, he's not going to. But you could tell me to. You could tell me to jump off the cliff and I would do it. Why? Because I was willing first. Because I was trusting first. In other words, Jesus was saying, and we read that from the Amplified. The Amplified Bible is real clear on that. We can, we can 
follow Jesus into life, but can we follow him into death if need be? You know what? If we're willing, we can. But if, if our obedience is conditional and our hearing is conditional, you know, God begins to speak to us about this or about that and we're having a hard time with it. If our hearing is conditional, our obedience is going to be conditional. Our willingness is going to be, all, it's all conditional. But if we come with a heart that beats after his, his heart beats, mine goes there. That's willingness. Then he could tell me to jump off the Empire State Building. And it wouldn't make any difference to me. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because my, my willingness was unconditional. Because my willingness is unconditional, my hearing is, I'm just open. God, speak. Speak. What is it? What do you need from me today? What do I need to say? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? How do I need to spend my money? How do I need to raise my kids? Where do I need to put, put, put this part of my life? When you've got a heart for God and one that is resigned really to God and surrendered that deeply to God, then what he says to you next unconditional as far as your response to it. it doesn't matter you just wait to hear isn't that sweet and I'll tell you what else it is it's super powerful because do you know and I would hope you see this today do you know that that was the spirit that took Jesus to the cross and that defeated death at the cross that was the spirit. You know this about Jesus. I don't have to tell you this. Jesus never taught his disciples to do anything that he didn't already do or that he wouldn't do. He was that kind of leader. And so what he's teaching there about laying down a life and, and, uh, and gaining life is something that he was living. And he had lived his entire life. But watch this. It took him to the cross... The Bible says he descended into hell for a while. It took him there to be punished not for sin that he had, but sin that he bore, our sin, the sin of the world. He was raised from the dead. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He's got the keys. Can somebody say praise God? But what drove him to that was willingness. Say it. Willingness. Time and again. Father, if there's any way that this cup of suffering that I'm about to drink can pass from me, God, please let that happen. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. How could he do that? How could he go through with that? Willing. He was willing to do that. Amen? Amen. He wasn't toughing it out. If anything, he was... Super dependent on God, the Father. Super dependent on the Holy Spirit for what He needed. And I think if we pray today for God's help in having a willing heart, He'll readily give it to us. Amen? Amen? I mean, He'll readily give it to us. I want to close with this this morning. Just a couple of examples here. Exodus chapter 35, uh, verse 4. This was an occasion where God wanted to make Himself local with the people. If you've ever doubted that God wants to be intimate with you, don't doubt it. I mean, Jesus, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave Jesus so that God could come and live on the inside of men. But even in the Old Testament, God wanted to be local. 
And so he gave instruction about a tabernacle and the building of a tabernacle. And uh, he put this out to the people. Verse 4 of Exodus 35. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying. And he went on to talk about, in verse 21, he went on to talk about a special offering to be taken, a willing offering. Verse 21 says, And they came, every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all the service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, And brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. Every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And then verses 30, uh, verse 5 and 7 of of chapter 36 tell us the end result of all this willingness at work. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work, which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. Wow. Let that just settle in a second. Now, how did all that happen Really, within days or a day, everything that was needed to raise up this tabernacle so that God could dwell among the people according to his instruction was accomplished. Willingness. Say it. Willingness. And because their willingness was at such a high level, their giving was at such a high level. A lot of times... What we see showing up in the life is a good measure of the willingness of the heart. You know, if we're only if we only come with a little, you know, I'm not and I'm not talking about amounts here. I'm talking about proportionally because a widow's little. okay, maybe more than a rich man's much. And that's the way God tends to see our our offerings anyway. He looks at our. He looks at the percentage. He looks at it proportionally and not just the bottom line. Somebody's going to give $1,000 this month, or maybe they gave it this morning. Someone, it'll take them a whole year to do that. But the person who, who might have done it in a whole year actually gave more than the other person. It's just the way God sees those kinds of things because God's always, always looking at things differently than what we tend to look at them. Are you still with me? But a lot of times what we release is a reflection of willingness and obedience at work in our life. You know? And so if we, can, if, we can, if we need help in this area, and I don't know who doesn't, and be sincere in asking God to help us to get to a place where we have this kind of willingness at work in our life, not only will we, if we haven't yet, receive eternal life, But we will also begin to eat the good of the land or partake more of the inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ. If we'll move that direction with our life. One other quick example, 2 Corinthians 8. Cindy mentioned it. You don't have to turn there. But the Bible says that an offering was taken up from a group of poor Christians. And they overcame their poverty and they did more than was expected. And the Bible specifically mentions the willingness of their heart. 
You can look it up for yourself later. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. They gave themselves first to God. There was a willingness to God. They gave themselves to the apostles, their church leadership. There was a willingness there. And then beyond that, they gave themselves away to other Christians. And what they gathered together was enough and more than enough. Again, that reflected the willingness of the, the heart. Amen.